all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about making mountains out of molehills. Have you had an incident where others around you thought something was relatively minor and then they were shocked that you just seemed to overreact, you couldn't let something go, or have you seen other people do that? Do you find yourself sometimes handling those great big issues and then falling apart to the point of almost embarrassment over something that is really not very significant, but in your mind somehow it blew into something huge. So today I want to talk about that, why it happens, how it happens, and sort of you, and uh, where you along the line maybe can learn to work with that. I want to hear what's gone on in your life. I want to hear your instances. Um, But I want to tell you about a couple of mine to get us started so you'll understand sort of why do we react the way we do is our question and sort of how I would like for us to discuss this through the next hour. Okay, you may or may not know, my husband and I just returned from a two-week trip to Spain. It was uh, for a week of that, I walked about 70 miles of the Camino de Santiago Trail in the north northern Spain. Um, it, was, it was a trek. Northern Spain was absolutely lovely. Along the way, I met, we met people from all over um, the world, Norway, Sweden, um, New Zealand, um, of course, France, and uh, many from the United States across the, the states. The walk gave me and us time to think and reflect about just all kinds of things. Just uh, as you you are walking miles at a time, that just happens. But uh, some was an experience that was really mind-freeing in that during some of the walk, I couldn't think about anything but to watch the placement of every step of my trip. I had to go over a steep incline or a steep downward trek across stones that that really required concentration on every single step. So it was really absolutely mind-clearing. I couldn't think about the past. I couldn't think about the future. I was thinking about the then and now because I had to to think about what I was doing. Um, So I was with a group of about 12 people, all of whom were generous and helpful and thoughtful. There was not one single moment of discord, even when everyone was completely fatigued and that that upward trek, it felt like you couldn't take another step. Um, Everybody was encouraging and, and wonderful. So... 
it was perfect, okay? Um, some of us got tired. Some fell by the wayside. But basically, we all made it through. The last day, though, we were at the hotel near the airport. We had to get up early and, and to leave for our flight. And the hotel was a little bit late getting breakfast out. So we were rushed. Um, one of our great members of the group, he was really a, a leader, a caretaker type, didn't get breakfast, and then noted on his bill that he'd had a fairly hefty charge for the breakfast that he didn't even eat. And when he tried to get it taken off, it didn't happen. He was livid. He was so upset. But later in the day, he looked at me and I said, I, I heard you might need a little bit of mindfulness training. And he laughed and he said... Um, after all those days, I'm not sure that was a thing that got me. But, you know, I knew. I knew at that moment that he had just spent two weeks watching over the group, hoping all would be okay, making sure that everybody was happy, answering questions, both, both medical and non-medical, as they came up. So that molehill, it felt like a mountain, Right then, because there had been maybe some pylon. So I'd like to hear if, if that's ever happened to you. Do you have a story like that? You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We're talking about mountains and molehills and why sometimes it seems that those little bitty things get to us the very most. Okay. Um, my cousin Jane, who's full of wisdom, truly, um, told me that a teacher who was a nun um, who taught her brother in school once said, you can sit on a mountain, but you can't sit on a tack. And I thought that was pretty profound, too. It means that um, I think what she meant was that that sometimes you can take care of or suppress all those bigger things as they build and build and build. But then when that minor thing perhaps comes up, that tack, it's, it's what makes the balloon pop. It's what makes things explode. So perhaps as we are moving through life, that's the kind of thing. It's the same. The little things are sometimes the things that seem to just jab at you. Um, but is there, is that all? Why is that happening? What are you suppressing that then makes things explode? And I bet many of you out there have those Maybe little things that you find um, cause an explosive reaction that maybe you are embarrassed about. Or maybe you have a spouse or a good friend who has suddenly seemed to explode at tiny things. Have you wondered what's going on below all that? And when you start feeling that or seeing that, Perhaps what you need to do is turn around and do some introspection, look at yourself, or have whoever that 
significant other is who's having difficulty with it, maybe turn a little bit of an inward look and try to figure out if they need some help with that. Because many times, if you find that you are continually on edge um, about little things and little things are getting to you, then, then you need to think about what really is the big picture. Okay, I'm going to give you that other incident that I promised. It just happened this morning. I was watching the morning news. They were filming a meeting of South Florida residents who were talking with the officials about when they could go back to their homes. They'd just been told that by the officials that they were, the the officials were still having to check out the roads, lines, and trees on the roads. Actually, my son-in-law is down there helping out right now. Um, They were as yet unsure as to when they would be able to reopen the roads for reentry. One of the residents, a man, began to yell at the official. He was absolutely irate. He said something like, I have water, I have food, I have a vehicle, and whatever else I need, but you can't tell me when I can get back to my home. He was absolutely livid. And it occurred to me that this man had survived the storm, he'd taken the care of getting supplies, he'd gotten to safety, he was able to ride out the storm, he still had a vehicle, he apparently had gas because he was ready to try to drive down um, that Highway 1. He'd gotten over that mountain, yet he couldn't wait a couple more hours to get things cleared by the officials. he That was his explosive point. It was the tack. It was the molehill that really got him. He had made it over the mountain, but couldn't seem to deal with the, the, the molehill. So my question to you is, have you been there? Have you had an incident that others around you thought was minor, that you couldn't let go, that you just had to explode about? Do you find yourself handling great big things and falling apart? That proverbial camel that broke the the straw that broke the camel's back, is that happening to you? I'd like to hear your stories. I want to talk about the reasons that this happens to many of us. And then I'd like to talk about perhaps some solutions that we can come up with. Um, This may be for your friend or for yourself, a family member, even a child. If you see your child going through that, we can talk about that too. We'll go on to our first break. And when we get back, I'd like to hear from you. Let's hear some stories. I want you to give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or you can send us an email to family at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 
To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and today we're talking about why sometimes it seems that we can handle the big stuff, the really big stuff that might be life-shattering. But then the little stuff is what gets to us. Why does that happen? How does it happen? What's that about? And how can we do better? So we're talking about making mountains out of molehills or um, being able to sit on that mountain and not on that tack, as um, apparently a teacher nun in Natchez, Mississippi, once said. So... um, We'll go on to the phones first, and uh, let's talk to Linda in Mississippi about coping. Linda, good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Thank you for having the show on. It's helping me just to hear another voice right now. Uh, Oh, well, tell us. Tell us why. What's going on with you? We evacuated the storm from Florida the other day. Um, I have my dog in my car, and my daughter and her husband and their baby's turning one. On Friday, oh my! We weren't sure what we were going back to, but my home is fine. The power came back on, and I don't think there's any damage. And my daughter's home is in St. Petersburg, Florida, and they had trees down, and they don't have power. But um, we have our health. We survived the storm, and and she is having a hard time coping with the fact that when her son needs some comforting, that he comes to grandma. And I can calm him down right away, but she and her husband are unable to do that, and it makes her mad. So now we're fighting, and I'm on the road by myself. Oh, goodness, Linda. Well, first of all, I just want to express um, our our care and sympathy to you and all of those in Florida who have suffered so much. Um, as you well know, we in Mississippi completely understand it, have been through it, and um, wish wish you the best. We're glad to hear that you are are safe and um, hopefully that you're going to get back to a, a safe home that's completely intact. So um, our thoughts and prayers are with you. Okay, now let's let's go to um, to what you just brought up because it is so clear that this is that little bitty molehill that your daughter has decided to react to. Um, when uh, there's this huge mountain of trouble going on right now, I mean you're you're displaced. Um, having is it is are they twins? No, no. Um, you said no, I just I have one daughter and the and uh, she's married and her one year old um, baby. One year old baby. Friday. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So as you well know, dealing with the one year old, I'm a grandmother of ten now, and um, <laughs> and um, we all know that as a grandparent, it's it's it really is easier to to calm, um, to make happy, and to take care of your grandchild. I find than it is your your child. Um, parenting's tough because you're never never ever off as a grandparent you're off sometimes you also are filled with knowledge and as we get older we are always that age helps calm us 
Um, we all know that uh, babies, young children, can um, play on your own emotions. So if you're upset, they they feed on that. They feed on right. that upset. And so it seems to me that you said you're able to calm the baby better. And it's likely because you have more inner calm at this point um, than maybe your your daughter, who's probably exhausted with a one-year-old, who's probably cried more than usual, and she's a little bit anxious about um, where that baby's going to sleep and how that baby's going to sleep. So... Um, Linda, those are all natural reactions. Now, you're riding in um, your own car by yourself because your daughter got upset with you for calming the baby? Well, they drove there with me. um, Yeah, they're in a separate car. I don't know where they are. I'm staying in uh, Mississippi somewhere tonight in a hotel by myself. And But it blew up. It blew up so badly they were talking about getting divorced. My son-in-law tried to leave at midnight. He had nowhere to go and no way to get there. And and it was really because the baby's been sick for two days from this trip, and he's been crying a lot more. Yeah. And, and we can't. Uh, I can calm him down, and they seem to resent that I can calm him down, and they can't. Oh, gosh, this stress, um, the stress of something like this is uh, I I would encourage anybody out there who's listening, who's experiencing this kind of stress um, through a storm like this to remember that this is a terrible time to make any kind of big decision. And certainly... um, the the type of deci- de, uh, decision that would entail uh, splitting up a marriage with a one-year-old is a monumental decision that I would hope and pray that that um, this young couple does not even um, realizes the significance of what they would be doing. And and two, understanding that this this will pass. This is this is a situation that is very unusual and very difficult, and that it will go away. It may seems like seem like it's been an eternity, but but it will go away. Um, Linda, do you have any support out there? Anybody that you can reach out to to help you? Yes, I belong to a church, and our church uh, was. We were worried our church would get destroyed in the storm, but as far as I know, that's fine. I have my church family, and I've got a lot of friends that will help me. And it's just this, uh, we were staying with relatives of my son-in-law on this trip, and we didn't want to get them caught up in this fight, of course. Um, It's just a sad situation, and I know that there are thousands of people that are far worse off than we are. We We have the means to have gotten away from the storm, and we have homes and businesses to go back to. And I'm so grateful, and I just there's just nothing I could say that seems to calm them at the moment. They are just they're so exhausted, they don't know what to do either. So you just you just said the answer, Linda. There's nothing you can do or say at this point because you're in the midst of this to calm them. So I would suggest to you that that you take a breath, um, that you reach out to friends who are supportive, um, you have someone to talk to, and you you step away and and step back. 
I would also encourage you, I'm sure you did this, but I would encourage you to um, once everything calms down, not now, but give it a day or two. And once things calm down, I would give them a call and I would say, I just wanted to say uh, to you. Um, how much I care about you, and I want you to be okay. And um, if I did anything that upset you, I'm very sorry. I did not mean to. I I would just be as upfront as you can without saying you thought that I or don't put any thoughts in their head. Um, just say that how much you care. Um, I hear it in your voice. You were trying very hard, and that. Um, I I am sure there are many young um, individuals out there who have been in the situation before where grandmother seems to be able to handle things better, and it's sometimes very frustrating and and maybe off-putting. And um, uh, sounds like you did nothing wrong, but um, have the touch that grandmothers often have. So step back. Um, I would also um, make sure that if if for any reason this uh, separation happens due to this, that you highly encourage your daughter and son-in-law to seek counseling because this should not happen during a situation like this. It should not happen. And so they need to take a breath, to step back and realize this is not their day-to-day life. This is This is something very different. Well, I really appreciate you listening to me, and I would just tell you that anybody listening, I worked in broadcasting for 15 years a long time ago, Uh and anybody listening, I would just tell you that any family you know that evacuated for the storm in any state or any place, that the families are very stressed right now, they're worried, a lot of them don't have food or water or gas or a home, and reach out to them as much as you can, and... If you're if you've taken your relatives in and you're running thin on patients, just step away and get outside and go for a walk if you need to to give each other the space you need. Because I know a lot of people are going through this. That's great advice, Linda, and um, and I hope everybody is listening to that and to reach out and to ask if there are relatives off to ask what you can do and how you can help. And Linda, um, I am sure I hope you will when you get to um, wherever you're you're going. Um, ask ask at the hotel desk. Ask about the community because there are plenty of people out there in Mississippi who. And Alabama, who who truly care um, about trying to give back some that was given to them over the years um, when they were in need. And so um, we wish you safe travels and safe journey home and hope all will go well. I think this is going to pass. This is one of those mountains that that really is a molehill uh, if we can just let it go. Not, not Certainly not the storm, but I'm talking about um, this. If somebody on the outside listened to what you've been dealing with, that you got in trouble because you could calm the grandbaby, it would kind of be comical, right? Um, at yeah. this point, it doesn't feel comical at all. I know it felt very hurtful. 
So try try to um, step back. And um, listeners, I hope you all, um, if you have any advice for Linda or any of the others that you want to just give a reach out and touch, please do. We've got open lines and we're ready to hear from you. Linda, be safe. Take care. Thanks for your call. We're talking today about why sometimes little instances um, turn into some explosive thing. Why we make mountains out of molehills. Um, I think we all know why, and we'll talk about that pile-on effect, what happens after this break. I want you to give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. I also want you to give a call if you want to reach out to um, some of our storm victims. I think this is a great time to to offer any stories or comfort that you might have. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and we'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and today we're talking about mountains and molehills, reactions that seem out of proportion, why they happen and what maybe you can do about them. Um, let's go on back to the phones. We heard from Linda earlier, um, who is dealing out of Florida with um, all the difficulty and devastation from um, Irma, the big storm, and um, how sometimes feelings can get out of hand um, just because you're already very, very stressed and something small, minor can seem like something huge. But uh, let's see what Jenny has to say. Jenny has some comments out of Oxford about mountains. Good morning, Jenny. Thanks for listening. Hi. How are you? Doing fine. What? Tell us what your thoughts are. Well, about four years ago, almost exactly, we were dealing with my grandmother was uh, declining with lung cancer. Mm. Sorry, and That's tough. Uh, she was on hospice care. I was living about two hours away. I had bought some yarn, I crochet, mm-hmm. and I had had plans to make a scarf for her because she was always cold. I was going to make a nice shoulder wrap for her. And I had been driving up and spending about five days a week with her as she was on hospice care, helping to take care of her. Mm-hmm. That's and exhausting, point, isn't it? Ma'am? I said that's exhausting in itself, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, and at one point, you know, I'd been handling it pretty well. And, you know, it's sad. You know, my, we were very close and everything. Right. After about, I guess, a month and a half of this, at one point I came home and I came across that bag of yarn that had been sitting there for three months. And I just lost it. I just <laughs> fell apart in the middle of the kitchen, collapsed on the floor, puddle of goo, crying, could not handle it. 
because she was not going to be there for that shoulder wrap for Christmas. Yeah, there you go. That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, that was my molehill. I just couldn't get past it. Yeah. Isn't that interesting um, that 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 particular thing is what made you um, finally, had you been crying um, intermittently or had you been the stalwart strong one who? A little um, bit. Yeah. Not much. Yeah. But that yarn that she wouldn't be there for that shoulder wrap I'd planned. Yeah. That's what really made it, it. That was sunk it in right that that was what seemed little but what you'd probably been doing is pushing back that emotion pushing it back and that's exactly how a molehill becomes a mountain you um, gradually are doing a pile on and then packing it down packing it under um, moving it out of your central psyche onto that pile um, so that you've displaced it all and then all of a sudden uh, some some pretty blue yarn or whatever that's going to be a wrap is the <laughs> is the ultimate so I, I have a question Jenny um, mm-hmm. uh, apparently your grandmother died right yes ma'am yeah I'm, I'm so sorry I know how important grandmother's are in your oh, life. It's been rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so really what did you do with the blue scarf? I have a question I want to know. I think we um, all would like to know. It took a few months, but a few months later, I made it, and I call it my crying shawl because I cried the entire time I was crocheting it. Yeah, yeah. And now I cuddle with it, and I miss her. Oh. And it, it was extremely healing. Yeah. And yeah. I was actually going to mention that. That's that's a wonderful thing to do, to try to make yourself step through so that you can complete the grief process. Grief yeah, is it was a, very healing. It was a, yeah. it was a very healing process to make it and, and now to have it and cuddle with it when I miss her. Yeah. Well, thanks for your story. That's a that's an absolute classic of of <laughs> of those those mountains that sometimes you just keep dealing with and keep dealing with um, mm-hmm. until you just can't deal with it anymore. And it's a good thing, you know. It was a good thing that that you had something that that let you get that emotion out and and finally completely. Grow grieve um, and and make yourself come to the realization that you had to face her death and not just face the day to day. And we talk a lot about living in the moment, living in the day um, and how important that is to get the full effect out of your day. But it's also very important to, to not suppress what you have to face sometimes. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Well, Jenny, thanks so much for your call, and and I think um, you gave us a lot of hints about ways um, that you can move through grief. I think completing the scarf and using that as a memory of your grandmother is is a, a great thing. And that is true. I'm, I'm yeah. actually really happy that it happened to work out that way. It was very useful. <laughs> yeah. 
It did. It was. It was. It was. And maybe your grandmother knew that. Maybe she knew that that was for you. So maybe so. <laughs> Jenny, thanks for your call. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'd love to hear from others. I think we've heard two two good stories about um, one who came already to a resolution, one who has not. Um, I'd like to hear from more of you about what your thoughts are about those maybe mountains that you've made it through, but the molehills that caught you or that tack um, that caught you. You. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We want to hear from you about your story. Okay, well, let's talk a little bit more about how a molehill becomes a mountain. We talked uh, a bit, but physically speaking, I think everybody knows that it's if you move dirt from somewhere and you make piles, um, then it gradually gets bigger and bigger. But psychologically um, speaking, if we're making a mountain out of a molehill, it's, it's displacement. It's a massive displacement of your psychological stuff that you're piling from one place to another. So we sort of unconsciously um, dig up issues that are maybe a very significant area in our life, and we pile them over um, onto something that is much more innocuous. It doesn't seem as important, um, but it's that that little bit is one of those pieces um, that has been that pile on. So it happens because it's easier to pile a little bit um, somewhere else than to deal with what's going on in that psychological mountain itself. So it's intimidating to deal with it, so you just stack it in another place and let it build and build and build. And that's when we can get in trouble. So um, something that I'm trying to put out there is to be careful about pushing away and piling it in another spot and not dealing with what's going on right then. You have to be very careful about that. Okay, let's go back to the phones. We have Savannah on the Gulf Coast, and she's got some comments about mountains, too. Good morning, Savannah. Thanks for listening, and thanks for calling. Thanks for having me, and thanks for answering. Um, I, uh, uh, Having been through a couple of, uh, well, one total devastation and one half devastation, um, uh, it's compounded when... The looting is the worst of all. Mm. The people that come after. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, this is probably what little bit you have left. Yeah. And it's even more devastating when you find out that it's some of your relatives. Um, and they are people who um, have uh, drug problems. Oh, that sounds like a terrible situation. Um, it's not happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
You know, I I think that um, that's that's one issue that people often have to deal with when when there's been devastation, whether it's it's something huge like a hurricane or on a smaller scale um, when you're when you're dealing with individuals who will take advantage of the situation and they are out there. Um, I think that um, that that's the kind of thing, um, Savannah, that I would encourage you to um, approach head on. Uh, if you know who did it and you know that they did it, um, then you can you can um, let them know that you understand that and you'd like to have your property back. Um, if, if there are individuals who have a significant drug problem, as you may know, sometimes they can get very, very desperate. Um, I would encourage you to suggest that they get help. If you feel that they are absolutely not getting help and taking significant advantage of you, then you probably need to get the law involved because sometimes, even with a relative, someone who is massively drug-seeking and is out of control and the drugs become more important than um, anything else, um, sometimes you need to just remember you need to protect yourself. So the best you can, <laughs> as best you can. And so um, certainly if you need to involve other family members who are in the know, who can perhaps help you out, I would encourage you to do that. I would also like to say that um, luckily this this looting and stealing is not the norm from what I understand. There are a whole lot of good people out there who are trying oh, yeah. to help others. Yeah. So, goodness. Yeah. So, well, good luck with that and and protect yourself. Like I said, make sure that if you feel like you're being put in a possibly dangerous situation that you contact you contact authorities and um work to take care of yourself. And hope that hope that they will have time because they're dealing with a whole lot of stuff. That's exactly right. Yes, they ma'am. they need so help. Thank you. Well, let's stay on the phones. Let's go to Aiden in Jackson. Aiden, you have some comments about um, mountains? You contact. Yeah, turn your radio down for us, if you will. And um, thanks for calling, Aiden. What What are your comments today? Hey, how are you doing? Good morning. Doing great. Thank you. Uh, that's good. Um, my name's Aiden, and uh, I'm... Uh, I'm a native of Ireland, but I uh, live up in the state of Michigan at, the, at this present moment in time. And uh, one of the one of the things that uh, has come across me is is that I don't know whether it's in general what what goes on in people's minds, but the fact is is that people are really very quick to jump, you know, and like I was in the grocery store, like I told. Uh, your guy Jared uh-huh. I was in the grocery store and um, I was um, I was um, just putting all my stuff on the conveyor belt and uh, as I was putting it on the, there was a lady in front of me and uh, she just wanted to jump all over me like um, cussing and swearing that uh, what wanting to know what I was doing uh, I, I pushed the, the trolley just a little bit forward. Uh-huh. And she, sort, she sort of walked into it. And it was like she started using swear words. and Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. And it was like 
seriously, lady, you know, what, what, what's what's all the swearing and the cussing about? You know, and like I said to your uh, your producer, uh, 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 Jared, the way we handle it over in Ireland is we say, you know, apologize, sorry, ma'am, you know, I apologize for what i done, but she just wanted to fly off the handle and just, well. you know, tot- tot- totally just... Yeah. Flew out of proportion, and I, I'm like, you know. What in the world happened here? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and Aiden, as I don't know if you know this from Ireland, but Mississippi is supposed to be known as the hospitality state. So you heard that. So that did not sound very hospitable. Um, I would would offer this to you, Aiden. I, I certainly hope that you have many better encounters while you're in Mississippi than that. That's embarrassing for all of us. Um, and maybe in your kindness, you can wonder what in the world was going on with that woman oh, um, deep yeah. down inside that would make her react that way and be uh, so hostile uh, when it was clearly nobody's going to be running into you with a cart on purpose. No. Um, so. Uh, hope, you know, maybe she's one of those individuals who has a lot in her plate, a lot in her mind, um, lives a bad life, and perhaps is reactive to anything because that's what happens in her life. So um, please give Mississippi Aiden another chance. I think oh, you're... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like I was, in, I, was in a, I was in a tire place this morning getting my oil changed. Uh-huh. And the people are from um, I can't I can't remember the name of it. I think it's Saratoga. Cenotopia? No. Yep, that's the word. Yep. Is is that it? Yep, that's it. Yeah. And people there were very nice. They they knew that I was uh, you know a, a foreign guy, but I've been in the country eighteen years. You know what I mean? So yeah, uh, I I was just I I think the people here are awesome. They're they're just like the Irish, you know, very well led back. Yeah, and um, they, they they love to have a chat and love life, you know. Yeah, yeah. You have a beautiful, beautiful country, Aiden. I've I've been to Ireland and um, I just a couple of times, and I just love it. So, thanks for your call, and um, I think I hope our listeners all understand that. Um, Try not to take out on others what is going on in your life. It is not their fault. Whatever is happening to you, um, you need to realize that um, to to react negatively to somebody else is only a ripple effect and negatively affecting more than you, and there's no need in that. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you, Aiden. Thanks for your call. and. Okay, Mississippi, we need to make sure that we continue to be the hospitality state. All right, we're going to take our final break, and when we come back, Frank, we'll get to you about stress, and we'll finish up about why we make mountains out of molehills and how we need to work hard to make that better. This is Relatively Speaking. We have time for another call. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll be right back.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back and thanks for listening. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. And today we're talking about um, making little things into big things or maybe what we're doing is suppressing some of those big things and reacting to smaller issues um, that seem to be disguising what's really going on. So we all have psychological dirt. We have trouble in our lives that sometimes it feels so enormous that we can't deal with it, and so we suppress it. And I'm here to tell you today that that's not a good thing. It's a good thing to try to deal with it as it comes so that you don't find yourself reacting to tiny issues. Um, Let's go back to the phone. We have Frank, who's been waiting. Um, Frank and Jackson. Frank, you have some comments about stress? Yeah, three things. You have been blessed with a very comforting, empathetic voice, and you have developed a very, very kind demeanor. And I really appreciate what you do on the show. It's wonderful. Thank you, Frank. Uh, two things. Um, uh, you know, you go to the fast food place, you go to the checkout counter, and you see a lot of people, and the, the people working in these low-income jobs usually have a scowl on their face. Mm. And they're not happy or it's a blank expression. Well, I've learned to just give folks compliments and act a little crazy, and you can see their whole demeanor just melt uh-huh. because of the attention. Um, but I had an experience when I got out of college. I'm a graduate engineer, came down to Mississippi, it's on a construction company. Me and my partner, both graduate engineers, and both come from white-collar jobs. And we were in Canton, renovating the Canton Community Center. Uh-huh. And we couldn't afford to hire anybody, so we would do it all this manual labor for about four weeks. Uh-huh. And we would drive up to Canton every morning, and we'd, we started out with nice, crisp khakis and jeans. And after four weeks, we would just let, we let, we were out there picking cotton. And uh, the community got to know us as laborers. Uh-huh. So they, treat, they treated us accordingly. Well, after four weeks of that, I needed a drink. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I can see how people who are under constant stress in, 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 in jobs and positions that give them no uh, self-esteem will find a way to relieve that stress. And it surprised me because I had resisted drugs and, and alcohol in college for years. But I really felt after four weeks of that and being treated like a common laborer and uh, somebody who didn't know anything, that I needed to take a break. And a lot of the stress is not that deep down. It's kind of near the surface uh-huh. to a lot of people. So constant stress is something people should always keep in mind uh, in this society. And the stress is spreading, uh, spreading, especially with this opiate crisis. So I would suggest uh, if you got a young kid, let him work on a on a construction crew for about three weeks, and that will certainly give him some empathy for where the other half lives. Thank you so much. I, I think that's that's great advice to all of us, to try to, you said the word empathy, and that's so important, to try to understand where other people are coming from um, can, can often make things feel a lot better. Thanks, Frank, so much for that call. That's great information um, that we all need to remember. Let's go. Our last caller is Mary in Horn Lake. Mary, we've got a couple of minutes. Tell us what your thoughts are. Well, 
first of all, I've got I've got two things I want to talk about. And sometimes when something really bad happens, like you lose a spouse or, God forbid, a child, and the grief is just more than you can handle, it really, really helped me when I lost my husband to seek out um, a grief therapy group. Mm-hmm. And, and that is just such a good thing to do when, you, when you're just at your wit's end and you don't think you can bear it anymore. Absolutely. Great advice. Yeah. And, and the other thing is something that we all do, I think, but we really need to watch out for it because it causes a lot of trouble and nothing has actually happened. And that is you'll be kind of wake up, kind of irritated, you know, you're on the wrong side of the bed and things go from bad, you know, they're just little things just start to get on your nerves. And then you see, and then you see your husband's wearing a shirt that you gave him, and he doesn't appreciate it like he ought to. And you just get more and more things filled up, and all of a sudden you're just all over him, just blasting him about basically nothing. So you started with a molehill, and you built a mountain, and then you shoved him <laughs> off of it. <laughs> and then he has no clue what just happened, right? Exactly. <laughs> he thinks you've lost your mind. <laughs> so I love that. So you build a mountain up and then you shove them off. That's a, a, a great um, visual for me right now. And I think many of us do that to people that we love the most. And so as we go through the rest of the week, listeners, I hope you'll remember uh, Mary's story and that you want to be careful not to build a mountain and then shove somebody you love off of it over minuscule things that are really not important at all. Mary, thanks for our finishing call. I loved it. Um, Today's show was engineered by Java Chapman and Jay White, our call screener. Uh, Jared, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Thank you so much, listeners. This was a delight again. Join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking and stay tuned for NPR's Here and Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.